Grand Risings, Grand Risings, everyone. Grand Risings, I know that we have taken a few, you know, I wouldn't even say detours. I would say some practice uh, runs, right? Where we've been learning about wisdom and then welcoming wisdom, right? And sometimes with wisdom, uh, while you're seeking wisdom, because we know that a lot of pain that we have experienced is uh, wisdom. It can be turned into wisdom. So there will be some deeper pains and stuff like that, that the Most High um, and the Holy Spirit will start bringing up within you. And he'll also allow you to look at, at old situations with new eyes. I'm going to tell you again. He will allow you to look at old situations with new eyes. And you'll look at old people with new eyes. And then he'll allow you to actually feel those feelings that you've actually, you know, originally and always felt for them. But, you know, in life and things of that nature, we have to do other things. It gets in the way we kind of just suppress or repress that. So as you start to seek wisdom, I just wanted to give you guys a warning. Okay, warning, warning, warning. A good one, though, right? All warning is not bad. This is just, um, just to be cautious, just to be aware that when you begin to seek wisdom, there is going to be some pain that is going to start coming up. And it's going to be pain that you're going to have to deal with. And it can be very painful to look at old people, old situations with the new eyes of wisdom and see just how awful you feel about them or just how you never liked them or, you know what I mean? So that type of things will start to come up. It can go all the way back to your childhood. I don't know your life story. The most high does. Okay. So that's just something to kind of be aware of, but let let you know that wisdom is working. Okay, wisdom is working. So we're going to be going into chapter 17. Okay, my apologies. Okay, I had to make sure I put my request in for my child to make me some tea. Okay, because <laughs> I have a little bit of a cold. Okay, so shout out to everybody who have a cold. Okay, just hope that you guys are sending a lot of healing energy. I hope that you get some good rest today. Just relax, take it easy, right? So we're going to be going to Proverbs 17. Okay, so, you know, before we like to start our seeking wisdom, our Bible study, if you will, right? And again, if the Bible makes you uncomfortable, you're like, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian either. I do not relate or resonate with any of them at all. And I'm not above them or beneath them. I just, it's not my tribe. Okay. So I completely get that. If you're uncomfortable with the Bible, then uh, you may want to find another podcast that's more um, something that you resonate with. You know what I mean? And um, we always, before we start seeking wisdom from God's word, we want to take a moment just to kind of be able to uh, process through and maybe just to repent, um, confess, if you will. A lot of people don't like the term repent or sins. Those words are very triggering to people, especially if they had negative um, experiences with, um, you know, the church folk, stuff like that. So it can be kind of hard for people. But, you know, we want to make sure that we still are confessing. Confession is a good thing, okay? So we're going to take a moment. We're going to confess, okay? We're going to take a few deep breaths, all right? And then I think I'm going to use a little bit of music today. Sometimes I like to add it, sometimes not, right? Let's go ahead and get some beautiful music in here. Remember, take 10. We could take 5 to 10 uh, deep breaths if you like. And then just confess anything that you may have done wrong or anything that you... Um, anything that you want to just say, okay, oh I could have did something better there. Did you put sugar in here? Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Sorry, guys. Normally I would have paused it, but I'm not going to do that. You know, this is live and full effect, right? I got my tea and sorry if my voice sounds like tone low. Okay. It is what it is. Okay. Very grateful for today. So again, if you're uncomfortable with, with repentance, try to do something like confession. Like I didn't, I wasn't supposed to do that. That was wrong. 
Um, and then if you can make it right, make it right. And we're going to go ahead and start repentance. Five to ten breaths. Now. enough time for you to kind of confess or just to, you know just to kind of maybe just do some deep breathing a lot of you are like i don't think i did nothing this early in the morning you know what i mean as far as right now but it's fine we all do something that we're not supposed to be doing you know nobody's perfect right we have habits things that, that we're kind of like maladapted to life um but we're not supposed to be doing we kind of can get in the habit of doing so that's why i always want to kind of clear that out because it's kind of hard if you're like mulling and you ever seen someone that's just like guilt-ridden you ever you can see it on their face they're like not paying attention or they're nervous and they're snappy and things of that nature. And you're like, well, what's going on with you? And it can even be in a beautiful place, um, you know, have financial security, have, you know, friends, spouse or whatever. And you can kind of see that they're just like not happy. It's probably because they are get guilt ready. Now, some people get to the point where they have no guilt. Okay. It's not judgment. It's just observation. And so those people can, can care less. So let's talk about that. Okay. Ooh, excuse me. So let's get into Proverbs 17, okay? So that's why it's just important, you know, confession, repentance. Move me out of the way. We ask that you give us a wonderful um, insight and give us knowledge and understanding so that you can get the glory and we don't receive the glory. We are honored to be reading this. We welcome the wisdom of the Most High. We love you. We surrender to you and we thank you. Thank you praise you okay so that's just a beautiful little thing you can say just to welcome it and you know what i mean get rid of all negative energy any other voices that are not your voice um any other opinions that don't come from your spirit is null and void and return back to the center we don't receive that so we're going to go ahead and start reading verse uh chapter 17 starting at verse one better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife and I'm so sorry, guys. My apologies. Please grab your writing utensils. Grab your pencil, pen. I have a pen here and I have a highlighter, okay? All right, you girls, almost 40 and fabulous. And I had to grab my highlighter because, you know, I'm taking a few classes and some studies and stuff. So, you know, the highlighters are integral. Okay, so I want you guys to highlight or underline full of sacrifices with strife. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that cause of shame and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. The fining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the heart. Let's go ahead and 
highlight, but the Lord trieth the heart. So sorry if you heard that slurp. Grab myself a little bit of this tea. Ah, so you know the first sip of tea. Or like that first, I don't drink coffee anymore, which is crazy because I used to love it. Okay. It's been over a year now. Woo woo, right? But um, you know that first or hot cocoa, just you know what I mean? So soothing. All right, let's um continue at verse three. I want you guys to underline, but the Lord trieth the hearts. Verse four, a wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a haughty tongue. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker, and he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. Children's children's are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that have it, wherewith soever it turneth, it prospereth. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separates close friends. You guys already have that underlined. You can underline it if you like. A reproof enter more into a wise man than a hundred strikes unto a fool. Let's go ahead and... and I'm going to highlight that. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Underline cruel messenger. And you know what? While I'm talking about it, I want to get want to pull these key verses out. And as you can see, I am reading a little bit slower today. Not only because the sister got a little cold, but I really, really want to digest this. So you can go ahead and look it up on your writing pad. Um, or you look, look it up on your, your phone, your iPad, whatever you have. Let's look up um, Proverbs 17 and 10. All right, we're going to keep that there, okay? And then I also like Proverbs 17 and 11 as well. Okay, so you can put those in your tabs just so because you know sometimes we'll forget as we start. Well, you know, as we start reading through because it just gets so good, you know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that we're pulling these things out that's jumping at us. So, this Proverbs 17, verse 10 and 11. Okay, and you could be going to look up and kind of get more into those. Verse 12 Let a bear rob. Of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. Whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. Highlight verse 13. The beginning of strife is as one when one letteth out water, therefore leaveth off contention before it be mielded wealth. He that justifieth the wicked, and he that contendeth, condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. Therefore, if their 
Therefore, wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he have no heart to it? So we know, let's underline heart. You know, you got to have a heart for wisdom. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man void of understanding strike of hands and become of surety in the presence of his friend. He loveth transgression that loveth strife, and he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. He that hath a forward heart findeth no good, and he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow, and the father of a fool hath no joy. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth up the bones. A wicked man take of a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. You can um, underline pervert the ways of judgment. Wisdom is before him that have understanding, but the eyes of a fool are the eyes are to the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. Also to punish the just is not good nor to strike princes for equity. I'm going to go ahead and um, highlight verse 26. He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of excellent speech. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed as a man of understanding. And that is Proverbs 17. I'm not going to keep you long today. Okay, but I did remember. Okay, I remember this time. Sometimes I get so passionate and really get into the word and, you know, just pulling out and enjoying the feast that we're sitting here with God's wisdom um, that I forget to say, you know, what I'm going to go into what we have underlined and highlighted. So I didn't forget this time. Let's go to Proverbs 17, verse 10. This is going to be the commentary for this. Okay. Always cite your sources. You guys know I love to cite my sources. And so my source is going to be Microsoft Bing, okay? So you can look it up. So let's look up. This is going to be Bible Hub, okay? I'm sorry about that, guys. A reproof entereth into more into a wise man. It means it penetrates deeper into the mind of an ingenuous person and produces a greater reformation in him than a hundred strikes will do for the amendment of an obstinate fool. Okay? That's very, very strong verbiage there. And again, this is BibleHub.com. Okay? And what it means is reproof more affects the wise than severe scourging of fools. So this goes back to, and I love the way Proverbs build upon this knowledge and this wisdom because it's, you know, it's the book of wisdom, right? Um, where we saw before in previous chapters, there's this reoccurring theme where it keeps showing us that do not reprove or do not correct fools lest they hate you, right? That's a proverb as well. Proverb means a saying or a motto. So this is like God's motto, his wisdom in order to live. And he's not judging according to like, 
Ah, oh, like you're so gross. He's stating his opinion because God's opinion is sovereign, but he's showing us the way. If you go my way, this is what it is. You go this way, this is what it is. If you go my way, I will call you just and, un and righteous. If you go another way, I will call you unjust and unrighteous. You a fool, right? It's just this is his, these are his opinions. You're like that's that's strong. I thought God was all full of love. Listen, we all have our preferences, and if people are going to be a part of our life. In the same way, if you have a company, you have a mission statement. And with that mission statement, you say, this is why I started the company. This is what inspired it. This is what our mission is at this company. If you work for this company, you have to fall up under this one mission statement. It's the same thing with God. A lot of times I believe people in their anger and, you know, because of trauma and pain and woundedness, they'll kind of like rob God of his emotions or rob God of his need for a preference or his need to have opinions. Like, you know, where do you think we get we gather from? We're made in his likeness and his image. Okay. So God has opinions and preferences. He would like for you to say, if I love you, follow my ways. At least try to. And I will give you these things. Right? That is his preference. That is God's mission statement. So it's not, oh, that's so judgmental and that's so mean. It's not mean. The same way if you have a company and you tell them if you want to work here and move up, do the work. You can do it, right? If not, I'm going to have to fire you, right? You know, you, you get what I'm saying. God, I still love you. I'm not saying like that. I'm just saying as far as like, you're not going to reap the benefits is what I'm saying. Will you still be alive if you're fired from a job? Yeah. Will you go to maybe work at other jobs or deal with other stuff? Yes. But you won't reap the benefits of that particular job. So basically, I'm trying to use like an analogy or metaphor of that's how God operates. So when we look at the book of wisdom, there's a very strong verbiage saying, you know, fool and obstinate fool and you know, violent men, unjust. This is what, this is God's opinion. And God's opinion is sovereign. All right. And I know a lot of you are like, that's my opinion. Too. That's my opinion too. Okay. So again, this is the reoccurring theme in the book of Proverbs is do not reprove or correct a fool. And it's saying one reproof can penetrate deeper into a wise person than severe scourging to fools. You can, you ever seen, you know, we call it cussing out. You know, you cuss out somebody and you know they a fool. They just uh, have, they immoral, you know, immoral. They happy about being immoral. They devious. Uh, slanderous just all over the place. You know, just, you ever seen somebody like that at work? A terrible co-worker. They, they cheat on a job halfway, don't do their work. And you're like, I'm, and they be like the people that have been working there for a long time. Like, this person been here for 17 years. I'm trying to figure out. And, you know, they get right up after right up, right? Seems like those type of people never get, seems like those type of people never get uh, fired, right? <laughs> so they get right up after right up. You know, they get uh, maybe sent home after sent home. And, you know, this, or if it, this can also go for school, you know, that like the class clown that's uh, starved of attention. You could kind of see, where no matter how much you scorch them, it just doesn't affect them. That's what it basically means. And that's, that is foolish, right? And scorching them. Why you do that? What you do that for? What you? Do? And they could get embarrassed. You know, those foolish people never get embarrassed. I actually wrote something like that in my poem as of late, where I said they, they do, you know, things and embellish things. They lie and never they never get embarrassed. You notice that? They, they get embarrassed by other things as far as like if their image is broken or whatever, or they like found out about stuff they don't want to know. But as far as like stuff that they really don't have no business doing, like being ignorant, a lot of times fools do not get embarrassed. It does not affect them the same way as it would affect a person with wisdom. And we also saw in this chapter that it says you have to have a heart for wisdom. 
Okay? Because wisdom is what? Healed pain that we're using. And not only like pain, like, oh my God, I have pain. But it can be healed mistakes. Mistakes can be painful. I don't care what nobody say. Failures, right? You learn from them. And that's the wisdom you learn from them. But when they initially happen, they're painful. Whether we, we do them or they're done to us, it's initially painful. Okay? So when we give this this pain to wit, the, the God, cast all your cares upon me. When we give that over to God, he began to work his, his wonderful, you know, miracle work and power within us. And he'll turn that pain and those failures and those mistakes into wisdom. And un we'll understand why we made that mistake and not to do it again. We'll understand, like according to this book, it gives you the psychology of people who choose not to walk God's way. You'll understand it where you kind of know how to mark them and avoid them, right? You'll understand how to deal with such a, with said people. You're not going to be, you know, oh, well, I'm going to let you know. Now, again, venting is necessary, and I believe it's very healthy. I've been venting myself, okay? Venting is very necessary. And no one should be, you know, invading your privacy while you're venting. But when it comes to, like, public type of things, when it comes to interacting with people at the workplace and maybe at a family reunion, you know, at an in-law's house, we can't just be going around, you know, behaving these ways with these foolish people. Okay, because Proverbs also wisdom is to keep us safe. All right, let's let's go ahead and give Gill's exposition. Okay, I love Gill's exposition. It's a um, wonderful theologian. Okay, this is not just going to be my, um, you know, what I believe the Lord is speaking from this text. I also like to bring in theologians so that you guys can know these are well-studied, astute people. Okay, with degrees and a lot of people like really, you know, revere that in society um, where they're giving their opinion, okay? So it's not just like, oh, girl, you know, you're talking about you got all them kids out of the way. Okay, listen, all right, that's cool. That's, they made it the truth, okay? But let's listen to a theologian, okay, and see what they have to say. It says, a reproof entereth into a, more into a wise man. A single verbal reproof, kindly, gently, and prudently given, not only enters the ear, but the heart of a wise, of a wise and understanding man. It descends into him, as the word signifies. It sinks deep into his mind. It penetrates into his heart and pierces his conscience, brings him easily to humil humiliation, co confession or reformation. Or reproof is more terror to a wise man as, as Jarchi uh, interprets. And as Tugarine versions, it awes and terrifies him more. A single word has more effect upon him easily and entering easily into him than a hundred strikes unto a fool or than smiting a fool 100 times. A word to a wise man is more than a hundred blows to a fool. Will sooner correct and amend him. A word will enter where a blow will not. Strikes only reach the back, but not the heart of a fool. He is, he is never the better for all the corrections given him. His heart is not affected. He is not humble, nor brought to a sense of sin, an acknowledgement of it. Nor is he in the least reformed, or in a single reproof to a wise man, is more of a service than a hundred reproofs to a fool, which are sometimes expressed as smiting. Let the righteous smite me, as a part of Psalms one. 41.5, okay? And so this basically was saying that you can tell the difference 
where wisdom, where who has a heart for wisdom. This is not just to judge people. You could judge just within yourself, right? We may have more wisdom in one area than another area. Is it, you know, does it take for you to be like, uh, like it says, to be smitten and scourged and hollered at for you to, for you to kind of understand what someone is saying and you still don't get it? You're still doing the same thing? Or does it easily bring you to a place to say, you know what? I was wrong. That was wrong. I shouldn't have did that. Right? You can kind of see it. And when you sense and see, sense and see, when you see that, when you reprove, or when they receive a reproof, and you can see that they don't respond well, and you ever seen somebody that just do some evil stuff, and they have a lot of evil happens to them, and they never stop? Because they're not brought to a sense of reformation. They don't care about God's wisdom. They don't look at it as sin. They look at it as, this is a means to an end. I got to do what I got to do so I can get what I need to get. Right? That's the thought process. Or if you remember the um, the podcast I just did the other day as far as like the VR. Remember? The virtual reality glasses. That's the lens. Like they say, looking through rose color lenses. Their virtual reality glasses that they walk around in life is them doing whatever they want to do. Whenever they want to do it. To whoever they want to do it. Thinking they don't have a consequence is not a big deal. Who cares? It's almost like a huge baby. You ever tell a baby, don't touch that hot stove. It's going to burn you. <laughs> and then they touch it. Majority of the time, baby will cry. This type of foolish people or this type of foolish thought process that lays in the people, they'll keep touching something hot and never, never care that it burns them. They don't care. And you have to be aware that there are people like that that you're going to interact with. Okay? Especially if you're a boss. You may have kids that are like this. You may be like this in certain areas, right? You may have a spouse that's like this. You could keep telling them, hey, babe, you need to stop eating all that salt. Like, remember the doctor said, da, da, da. And they, you'll keep telling them that. They'll keep having high blood pressure. They'll keep almost going to the hospital. And, and they and they will refuse. I'm going to eat this salt pork because I want to eat it, right? And they'll even have bad things happen to their health. And they will keep doing it until they're dead. And they just don't have no remorse for it. Just don't care. There are people that are like that to the core. And there's some people that have areas that are like that, right? And we have this in us to a certain extent, right? Or you might have certain seasons of being like this, okay? Where you're just being a fool. You know, you can look back on your younger. You know, they say young, dumb, and full of cum. Like, oh, man, I was fool. You know what I'm saying? After all of those hangovers and all of those going out. and You know what I'm saying? You, you know, you think back on all of those uh, frat parties and all of that. You know, whatever. You, you know what I'm saying? You didn't go. You've all of that going to the rave or, you know, whatever young people do. You know what I'm saying? All of that staying up late and da da da, you know, and I still just didn't care, right? And a lot of people would say ignorance is bliss, but it really isn't. Ignorance is a mess. You're missing out on wisdom, and you're you're making a fool out of yourself. You're just not aware of it because you are embodying a fool. You're a fool. You got to say you fooling, dog. You're fooling. You're a fool. So this is basically what it's talking about. So it's kind of just to get us to understand that we have to be aware of this, okay? That way you won't be wasting unwanted energy. Who's going to be doing it? First of all, don't reprove a fool because they're going to hate you. Don't do it. But there are people in your life that's going to have this foolish in them. or Everybody got a fool in them, right? To a certain degree. You can't just go through life like, I'm not going to deal with any fools. You can look right now. Go look in the mirror. You might be a fool. But I'm just... <laughs> but no, you can go to class. Anywhere you're going. You go to work. You're going to deal with people that have this, some foolishness in them. And so you got to know how to kind of deal with this, right? You got to know, is this worth me really particularly keep reproving or correcting you or should I fire you? You're fired. Or you are the weakest link. Goodbye. That's a more of a harsh way to say it. But if you keep reproving, if somebody worked for you and they just keep coming late, 
they keep being disrespectful. They're not supposed to work for your company and another company that's similar to it. They want to work for Home Depot and Lowe's and Menard. They want to work for all of them and, and Handy Mandy and Ace Hardware, <laughs> whatever, you know. They want to work at all of those type of similar stores. They want to uh, break the rules, break the law. After a while, if you keep writing up, you keep letting go home early, you keep suspending, you need to go ahead and think to yourself, hmm, this person doesn't care about this company. They don't care about what we stand for, what the direction we're going in. I'm going to have to fire you. And it's like that in relationships as well. Okay? Sorry about that, guys. I had to take a little, a little break. You know, I have children and stuff like that trying to get them. A lot of times, you know, listen, let me just say this. You know, you notice these kids, that my kids have way more than what I had growing up. And they act like they just don't know what to do with themselves. So sometimes as a parent, you have to kind of help them like, hey, use your imagination. You could do a little video game tournament. All right. So, sorry about that. I had to do enough, another, you know, just a lot of distractions today. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to let you guys go in a minute. Let's go ahead and do Proverbs chapter 17, verse 11. Okay. Remember, we wanted to look up verse 10 and 11 in particular, and then we'll give a whole overview of what is Proverbs 17 really trying to say to us. And again, Proverbs 17 and 11 is going to be coming from Bible Hub. Okay. And it reads, an evil man seeketh only rebellion, okay? It says, or a rebellious man, okay, seeketh only evil, right? A cruel messenger, such as a chief of the executioners, okay? Now, what does Benson commentary mean about Proverbs 17 verse 11? An evil man seeketh only rebellion, seeketh nothing but his own will, and being so refactory that he has shaken off all reverence for God and his governors. He is wholly bent upon mischief and cannot be reclaimed. Okay. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent unto him, against him. Some dreadful judgment or other as a messenger from God, angels, God's messengers shall be employed as ministers of justice against him. That's Psalm 70, 79, 78, 49. Satan, the angel of death and the messengers of Satan shall be let loose upon him. His prince shall be sent, send a sergeant to arrest him and an executioner to cut him off. He that kicks against the pricks is waited for one of the sword. Okay, that was actually very colorful the way that he kind of stated that, okay? Let's look up Matthew Henry's concise uh, commentary, okay? So, the Greek and Latin versions, but as Novak uh, imitates, a bad man seeks many other things which do not come directly in the category of rebellion. It is better to take Mary, okay, M-E-R-I, rebellion as the subject, regarding it as for the concrete, thus a rebellious man striveth only for what is evil. From the point from the point of view of the Eastern Pontate, this is enough, is this true enough? Absolute government looks upon any rising against constituted authority, any movement in the masses as necessary evil. Okay. He and then hence the succeeding clause, therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. The cruel messenger 
is the executioner of the king's wrath. He is called cruel because his errand is deadly and he is pitiless in his performance. This seems to be a sense of dread, right? When dealing with them. Okay, it says it gives derived from the ambiguous term malak. Okay, malak. M-A-L-A-K. Like the Greek, okay? The Lord will send forth a pitiless angel against him. The verse then becomes a statement concerning the retribution infliction inflicted by the God on obstinate sinners such as Pharaoh and the Egyptians. These are delivered over to tormentors. The angels to execute the wrath of God. Okay, so this also lets people know that, oh my God, you know, God is so beautiful. But no, after a while, I said, okay, wait a minute now. You know, you only seek your rebellion. It gets to the point where you're not even reverencing God. Okay? You're only seeking what's good for you. Then I tell you earlier, there, there are people like this that, that, quite a few people, really, you'll be shocked. A lot of them you know is beneath the veneer of, I'm a nice person. I'm a good person. They're actually quite, a lot of them are like this. And the only thing that will help them is a me, is a cruel messenger. If you're not that cruel messenger, you need to move out the way, right? And a lot of times we'll try to, again, it says if you if you try to reprove them or scold them, they don't care about your scolding. They actually like it, which is why I say it's best to vent in private. Now, if they invade your privacy, there's something, nothing really you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, you know, try to go in the bathroom at work, right? And you think that's a private place and you're like, ah, nah, nah. don't, you know, you vent there. There are other people that are coming and trying to listen and stuff. So what I'm saying is vent, okay? Go ahead and vent in private. But when it comes to try to scold these people, don't do it. Because it's not going to get through to them. They have given off and shaken off all reverence of God they, or his governors. That means people that come from, they do not care about. The only thing they care about towards you as anything coming from God is mischief. And they can't be reclaimed. That means the Lord does not claim them. He cannot claim them until the only way he can is if he sent a cruel messenger to them. Right? And it says it likens this unto the, the messengers. Right? Calamity is a messenger. The messengers that he sent to the children of Israel. And the children of, uh, when the children of Israel was with the Egyptians. Uh, when they, you know, say, let my people go. Like, if you don't let them go, all of your firstborn, firstborn is going to die. They didn't believe. That's a cruel messenger that happened. Did they listen? He said he hardened his what? His heart. Now, remember in Proverbs earlier in this chapter, it says that you have to have a heart for wisdom. They didn't have no heart for wisdom. That's all they sought was they own. Now, this is my will. I want to have these people working for me and I'm not going to pay them. That's, that was that was Pharaoh, right? Okay. Or as when an evil man, this is what I want to do. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's what I want to do. That's where they would call like as far as other religions, there's other sects of religions where they only go by this, do whatever you want to do, right? This is where this thought process comes from. I do whatever I want to do. I can, I don't have to listen or revere your God. You know, your God is, you know, restrictive. And, you know, they'll go into that type of thing right there, right? There, there, there's nothing you can say to them like, God loves you. I don't care that God. They don't care about that stuff. What you did was wrong. You shouldn't have did that girl like that. I don't care. I just got, I'm after my bag. I just got, I just made a million dollars. But that person got kids. F them kids. This is how these people respond like this. They're full of mischief. and They only seek rebellion.
there's nothing you can do to say, or you shouldn't want to anyway, because they make their hate you. They got a little money, money on them. They can't try to, you understand? They're trying to inflict stuff on you. So it says, sit back, give them over to God, allow the crew messengers to speak to them. And a lot of times it might be several crew messengers. Wasn't it with Pharaoh? That was one person that had a lot of authority to let something go or not. So there was several crew messengers came to what was in 10 plagues. Plagues are messengers. Cruel, a cruel one too. That means they don't, they don't have no pity for them. The same could because this is the now now we're going into see how I love the Bible because it just really just it exegetes itself. You know I've been listening to a lot of commentary which I've actually you know over the years I've actually stopped listening to a lot of people. They do what they call eisegete. Okay, eisegesis. They make the text say what they want it to say to to, to justify their ignorant behavior or justify their biases or their prejudices or you know to justify their fall from you know what i'm saying that type of thing but you don't have to do that because the text exegete that means to say what what god meant for it to say when it was inspired by god for a man to write these things right if you don't believe that that's cool but this i'm telling you about this is more like a theology okay i didn't finish seminary school but i went for a little bit okay which is why i put other astute you know theologians master's degree of divinity on here um so you can hear it from people you know from the horse's mouth but what i'm saying is the the bible exegetes itself you don't really have to you know and this kind of comes into the standpoint where you reap what you sow okay that's what i was saying you reap what you sow where if you're being cruel and a cruel messenger to someone else, that means you're causing plagues and disgusting things to happen into their life. You only seek a rebellion. You only care about your own will. You don't care about no reverence to God. You don't care about if you God's person. I don't care about if you, you come from God. And that can even turn into mischief and hatred towards that, you know, God and God people, right? Where you just think you can do whatever you want to do. The only thing that is going to get through to you and the only thing that the Lord can do to you is a cruel messenger. Because that's the laws of the universe. Reaping and sowing. Right? You've sown a lot of evil, disgusting, ugly seeds. You're going to reap a lot of evil, disgusting, ugly fruit. And the Bible does talk about evil fruit as well. See, so that's why it's important to, show, to study to show ourselves approved. So if you're listening to someone else and they're eisegeting something to make, make sense of them being a bully or them being bigoted or them being misogynistic or them being prejudiced or them being, you know, uh, one to be rude and one to justify their ridiculous behavior, then you got you got to kind of know, oh, let me go in and guard my ears and get on the phone and click up off of that because they don't know what they're talking about. Mm -mm. Okay. And then that way you want to go to something or listen for yourself to study. Be like the Bereans and study, the sh you know study so you will know you'll be able to know oh, that don't sound, I don't think that's what that meant you know what I'm saying because you have studied yourself so that's what it means a cruel messenger is going to come upon them and it is one that is not that is not full of pity it doesn't care about the person because they show no concern okay isn't that that's that's deep ain't it okay all right now that thing do we read da, 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 says the as all sin is rebellion against God, it is a natural to read into the passage of religious meaning. Okay, basically it's talking about we all have problems and issues and stuff like this. So, you know, that's happened in our own life. You can look in your life and see what's a cruel messenger sent to you. Okay? That's one to inflict upon. That could be uh, uh, what they also call like angel angels as well. Angels, God's messengers, God's governors, his ambassadors, and not only just God's ambassadors, Satan's as well. 
Because it said an evil spirit from the Lord. He is over them. They have to come to him. So they, he'll let some, they, I'm tormented. Well, is that what you were sending out towards someone else? So you have to be careful in this as well. This is why God wants you to move out the way so he can do, you know, let him do what he got to do. Whether he want to rise up a, a cruel messenger from him or rise up a cruel messenger from something he's over. Right? We know that who's the God of this world is, but God is the God of the universe. He's God of the multiverse. It's over, over it all. So that one have to go to that one. He can say, okay, go ahead and just go, go do that. Right? That is a, a cruel messenger that has come upon that person. Now, this is not to be mistaken with persecution and God refining and trying you in a, a refiner's fire. Because a lot of times you will have those cruel messengers of Satan. They'll come up and say, well, if that was happening to you, if you're so blessed, why is it happening to you? Why are so many people betraying you? Why your family don't like you? Why you ain't got this? Why you got no friends? Why you ain't got that? that? They'll do that. That's because you might be being tried in a refiner's fire. So, see, that's why, again, study to sell yourself approved. Now, if you don't, don't mistake the two. You'll see someone being tried in a refiner's fire. You'll see them being persecuted by Pharisees, Sadducees, people, and even by, you know, demoniacs as well, okay? They like to, you know, it's like Simon the Sorcerer, like to tie the stuff down. They're going to get tried by both sides. But it's the intent of their heart at the end, okay? So that's persecution. That's to, refine, that's to refine you. That's why it says that um, in Proverbs that the Lord tries the heart. He'll use the, like Job, right? Didn't it say that uh, a messenger... Every time something bad happened in Job's life, or he wasn't around to see, it was one messenger came to tell Job, hey, man, the whole house fell down on your house. That was a cruel messenger. So the Lord would do that against him. He will allow the, he will allow the evil one to do that against his own people. It seems sadistic, doesn't it? But it almost it actually hardens you to their sadism. They love to inflict pain. God hardens you to pain by causing you to allow you to go through it. And so much is given, much is required. So if you haven't been through a lot of pain, oh, that's so sad. Well, that's, that's great. Congratulations to you. That sounds deep and it's hard to, uh, hard to receive. I know. But he will allow those things to happen. And it's because he wanted to try your heart. Then the Satan say, if you take all that stuff away from me, he's going to curse you and die. And Job never did. What did Job have to do at the end before he could receive his stuff back? He had to pray for his ignorant friends that didn't know what they were talking about. This is what I mean by vent, right? And give them over to God because God is going to deal with them. And then he'll give back to you double fold the things you lost. So again, you have to be careful with this because you look at Pharaoh. Didn't he go through hardships? And then look at Job. He went through hardships. People with no discernment would look at Job like he Pharaoh and Pharaoh like he Job. And depending on if Pharaoh is a manipulator... They'll say, these things are happening to me because God is trying me. Say a prayer for me. And it's like, nope, that's because you were an obstinate fool, according to the text. And you was cruel. So that's why our cruel messengers rose up against you. Versus if you see Job, you notice Job, he secluded himself. Right? He would go and speak to himself, speak to his wife, speak to his family, speak to his, speak to his friends. That didn't work out. And he started speaking to God, right? He just spoke about very raw, vulnerable, open things to God. It is better that I wasn't even born all of this stuff. And this is terrible, God. But notice who he was speaking to. While he was going through that stuff, he was still speaking to God. And even the people who were supposed to be there for him, they were not there for him. They was not making, they didn't have no discernment, wasn't making no type of sense. And he had to end up giving them back over to God. 
when you release, you have to release those people. The opportunity is going to rise where you're going to see that there, some people are not there for you the way that they're supposed to be. They could choose not to be. They could not care. They could be glib about it, uh, cruel, nasty. And when you give them over to God and say, God, you know what? You take care of that. The Lord, you might, I mean, you shouldn't be waiting, but it might be cruel messengers start rising. And you're not going to always see them. Because depending on how much they like to laugh, especially with the gram, you know, they like to, hey, I'm having a great time. And they're having an awful time. So that's, that's, that's none of your business at that point. Okay? Let the cruel messengers rise up against him. Basically saying that he does reign on the just as well as the unjust. Cruel messengers came against Job as well as they did against Pharaoh. So that's what we can get about a uh, Proverbs 17, uh, verse 11 there. Okay? So we never mind the other people. Okay? Always just kind of focus on ourselves. So what is Proverbs 17 about in a whole? Okay? And then I'm going to let you go. Again, Microsoft Bing is our source. And so Proverbs 17 is a chapter in the Bible that contains various Proverbs related to wisdom, relationships, again, and the consequences of our action. Okay? Again, this is what a reoccurring theme we see in the book of Proverbs. The chapter teaches us to seek peace, value wisdom, uphold justice, and cultivate sound relationships. It says sound relationships, okay? Proverbs 17, 1 through 6 underscores the, the value of virtues such as contentedness, honesty, and family harmony. This chapter also emphasizes that God knows the secrets of each person's heart and plans retribution for those who mock the poor or wish for evil to happen to others. Let's look up retribution. You ever seen somebody, you broke. You know, you see a lot on social media, right? You ain't got nothing. You're broke. That ain't no beautiful acting person acting like that. Let's look up retribution. It said you have punishment inflicted on someone as an act of vengeance. Vengeance is mine as an act for a wrong or, or criminal act. A penalty. Their fate, their doom. It could either be your fate, doom, or it could be, it says, um, the synonyms are, let me look on there. Wait a minute. I ain't even seen that. This is kind of interesting. Punishment, penalty, okay? That's what retribution means. Okay? So if you have done that, you mock the poor, and you're doing evil to people, stuff like that, you just need to repent, Lord. I ain't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. Okay? I apologize. Now, according to Bible Ref, all right, so let's go to Proverbs trying to figure out why is it so dark guys you ever seen like you try to look at your okay Proverbs 17 this continues an extended list of wise sayings from Solomon okay the first section of this chapter deals with virtues such as family har harmony honesty okay we read that as do other portions of this book this these statements warn those that those who plan evil will suffer consequences God cannot be deceived and he knows precisely what's on each person's heart. So when people are like being deceptive, I've had a lot of people be deceptive around me. Family, friends, people you would just never even would have think, think of. And they really think like, ha, ha, ha. But the Lord knows. God knows. Now, in their mind, remember, they, you know, depending on how depraved they are, they have shaken off any type of reverence towards God. They don't care. They're like, I don't see immediate uh, recourse for this. I'm just going to keep doing whatever I want to do. And then that's when you have to release them over to God. 
and allow God to deal with them. The next group of Proverbs covers a wide range of ideas. Major themes include sins that cause anger or division between people, friendship, and careful use of one's resources. These verses only often exhibit the, pat, the common pattern of contrast or doubly stated ideas, right? Remember, remember I said compare and contrast, right? Okay. So the chapter ends with wisdom centered on a godly spirituality and a controlled tongue. In contrast, negative, negativity and bribery are sins to be denounced. Okay. So it's just simply just letting us know basically again for us to adhere to these wise sayings, to revere and to have reverence for God. His opinions are facts to us. His opinions are sovereign. And we want to be more like him, the way we can be walking in the path of light and have peace, have quietness, have prosperity, and have the rewards, the just rewards that God has to offer us. Okay. All right. So everybody got room for improvement. Um, um, and Proverbs 17, let us know, just release negativity, release bribery. Let's control our tongues a little bit more. I have been in here venting. You understand? I'm going to be relaxed today. But as far as like in public and dealing with other people and, and work situation, let's just learn how to control our tongues a little bit more. And let's give ourselves more to godly spirituality. Okay? This is Humble Day. You guys have a wonderful day, wonderful weekend. All right. Much appreciation and gratitude. Let's see you again. If you want to see any other type of con uh, content that I come up with, like more lighthearted, you can check out my, my YouTube channels, Diamond Chronicles. Diamond Lioness and Humble Lioness, okay? All right, and then I will let you know some up and coming um, uh, platforms. I'm, on. I'm also on Facebook. That's one of my oldest platforms I've been on. And I'm on, I'm on uh, MySpace, believe it or not. You can find me on MySpace. I'll come on MySpace. I'm on Black Planet, all right? And I think it's another one I'm on. I'll be actually, I'm going to be comprising the list. And then we'll be coming up uh, to let you guys know all of the um the type of platforms but I'm also on Instagram with Diamond Chronicles. I have actually four different pages on, on Instagram that I do different things on as well. So we'll get those stated and I'll be letting you know throughout these podcasts, okay? You guys have a wonderful day. Much appreciation and gratitude. Let's hold wisdom. Let's receive wisdom. Let's thank God for wisdom and let's turn this pain and allow God to work his miracle work and power into wisdom. Have a beautiful day. Peace.